Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe... The number is 94198377. You've been listening to the sand. You could never understand. Feel the fortune flowing. You know it isn't stuck. The sound of a car door opening in front of you is similar to the sound of a gun being cocked. Amy Webster. This beautiful Monday morning here in sunny, the last little bits of winter are starting to pass us by as spring comes along and it's time to pedal your booze away, get off the bike and tune into the Arabug Radio Show here on 3CR. Either you're streaming it on the web, listening to it in the tranny in the kitchen, or downloading it for later so you can listen to it as you ride up Mount Otham. Good morning, Faith. Good morning, Val. It is a magic day out there. It's a little bit brisk. It, it, the, you know, there's a little chill in the uh, the air again. A uh, bit of a shock after the weekend, but it won't be here for long. No, it it's one won't of those uh, weekends where you can see everyone and their dog has realised it's almost over. <laughs> <laughs> It is almost over. Good show coming up, as usual. We always have a bright, sparkling show. We're going to have a look at, uh, obviously, if you've been aware, Fairfax um, newspapers, especially The Age, has been running a very vigorous campaign on car dooring at the moment, which we'll touch on. And, of course, with spring coming along, there's a lot more happening in the local cycling scene as well as we gear up for... uh, a couple of those important events coming up before Christmas. And we'll touch on the ancient art of bicycle campanology, (laughs) a.k.a. otherwise known as how do I ring my bell? What sort of bell do I ring? Can I tell something about the bike I'm riding or the person I (laughs) am? By the way, I ring my bell, but we'll delve into that later. Faith, that bike moment... Bike moment. Look, there were quite a few on the weekend. It was it was so gorgeous. It was just one of those um, 
weekends where you, you ride around looking around you going, oh, my God, it's so gorgeous, it's so warm. <laughs> <laughs> I think one was noticing um, at this time of year things change really quickly and uh, up along some of the creeks there's a lot of wattle out and n- noticing the difference between even two days before that, just suddenly, you know, it's almost like this wave of yellow along the creek. Um, that was uh, my moment. Now, if you want to manufacture your own little bicycle moment, I've got something in store for you. It will require a slight bending of some regulations, so be careful. I'm not sure if anybody usually rides through the Fitzroy Gardens. You're not allowed to, I can assure you of that. But from one end of Fitzroy Gardens, heading from, I can't remember what the extension of Bridge Road's called at that stage, but it heads from the railway line, MCG side of Fitzroy Gardens, straight up the middle of the gardens all the way up to Albert Street. They've planted underneath all that beautiful line of elm trees a great row of jonquils, daffodils, bluebells. It wow. Is, it is a sea of nodding daffodil heads. Now, you can either walk up there or ride very slowly up there. <laughs> But I'd urge you to get along. It is quite wonderful, actually. Is that Clarendon? Yes, yeah. as you go up, yep. as you go up. So you're virtually heading north to south, and it's planted all the way along. And if you haven't been to Fitzroy Gardens for a while, you'll notice there used to be a big. I presume it was a sort of storage area for all their equipment and um, piles of soil down there. In. They've taken that all out and rearranged that. It's another lovely little part of the gardens down there. Um, around the depot area, yeah. And there's yes. some really uh, interesting rain harvesting going on at Fitzroy Gardens. It is which, too, yeah. Yep, so lots of interesting stuff with Melbourne City Council there. Change comes. A couple of news items we'll do just quickly or less quickly before we uh, um, move on. We had Anna Thompson from Fondo Cycling in here uh, not too long ago um, and uh, they – just over a week ago, turned one year old and uh, launched a women's racing team to celebrate. So that's the Trek Fondo team, who also had their first uh, racing this weekend up in the King Valley with the San Miranda uh, Tour of King Valley, which was an awesome four-day event by the sounds of things. Lots of... Uh, Great uh, photos from everyone who was there. And I think the results will be up, or you can access the results up at Cycling Victoria, cyclingvic.org.au, um, if you want to find out all the details and how everyone went. And speaking of places to ride, the King Valley is one of the most spectacular places in Victoria to go for a ride. Yeah, and it's uh, one of the races is the Strada Nero. So uh, some pretty spectacular um, racing there. Now on the uh, aspect of uh, athletes on bikes competing, um, good to see that uh, Esteban Chavez uh, won the second stage of the Vuelta uh, last night or the night before last night, I think. Um, So it's good to see uh, Green Edge going along well. I think they just got bipped in the... um, Team time trial. I should be more up to date on those things. It's always early on a Monday, Val. <laughs> it's our overnight correspondents are a bit behind. 
I'm just not hooked into the 24-hour news <laughs> cycle. Um, anyway, let's um, move on. Well, getting back oh, to um, just news. more local news, um, there's been a couple of things uh, in the news lately about rider safety. One was the uh, City of Moreland recently had a discussion around introducing a new uh, type of bike lane down the centre almost of Sydney Road so that riders would ride on a green painted strip between the tram line and then the moving cars would be on the rider's left. Um, it was a 60 centimetre wide strip and I, I don't know about you but when I'm riding between a moving tram and moving traffic, I mean I, I've never found that particularly comfortable position to be in. Um the idea was it would remove riders from the door zone. Right. But um, I, I certainly can't see myself saying, Look, you know, let's go down and get the kids some new shoes in Sydney Road because <laughs> there's a. S- anyway, very sensibly, the city of Moreland uh, ruled against taking up that option yeah. um, and are uh, going to press on with looking at ways they can improve Sydney Road for pedestrian and cyclist safety. Yeah. The. Um that exactly the same system has been used in Glenthrow Road, Stonington. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't. I've ridden up and down there a couple of times, and I ride up Sydney Road every morning to get to work. Um, I can't say it inspires me with much confidence. Um, no. It. it uh, a lot of the councils will now run into this difficulty. Mm-hmm. Is they've got, they need to find a middle ground between creating a safe zone for cyclists and appeasing everybody else around them. I'm not too sure what they're going to do with Sydney Road. No, Sydney Road's are narrower than even most other arterials tra- through Melbourne, so it, it has a special set of problems there. Unusually, it does have a lot of off-street parking um, available to it, so maybe there's possibilities there. Yeah. And on a similar vein, um, St Kilda Council were calling uh, about a month ago probably for uh, separated bike lanes on St Kilda Road uh, and The Age have also uh, recently just run another story on that. Um, St Kilda Road has had uh, 82 car dooring injuries this reported. 2006 to 2010, so you can probably add a few more in here. Yeah, Um and is one of the heaviest trafficked uh, riding roads in Melbourne, a major feeder to the city, obviously. So uh, the city of Melbourne have installed a separated bike lane on the short section they're responsible for. Um, But it's a tricky area because it involves three different cities, Stonington, Port Phillip and Melbourne, and also Vic Roads, obviously, being one of the major arterials. So... uh, 16% 16% of all bicycle doorings in Melbourne have occurred on St Kilda Road over the last five years. And I guess um, looking at St Kilda Road, you sort of think, well, it's actually got double the amount of car parking space as most roads because you have the two... Two spots. ...spots where... Uh, um, and it's not really a shopping strip until you get down to the Port Phillip end. Um People working in those offices usually have access to car parks, but I suppose visitors. Well, as one of the um, 
everybody comes up with ideas of why those happen. The, one of the points is it's a very high turnover of parking That's, spaces, yeah. so cars are in and out all the time. Yep. There's a, I don't know, it's a funny spot along there, but the fact is that people are getting doored there much more than they are anywhere else. Yep. Um, interesting, the figures now show that women won't ride along St Kilda Road because of its perceived danger, yep. which is usually the case. Um, how do they spend the money on making it better? We all know the obvious answer is to put the bike lane inside the line of cars. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's also it's a tricky road because it's not just a, a straightforward. There's some tricky intersections yeah, yeah. And, and management of uh, movement from different directions. How do you prioritise that so that it's safe? So yeah, it'll, it'll it's a challenge. It's going to take um, the will of Vic Rhodes and three different councils to make it happen. Yes. I'll just read a couple of highlights from some of this, which, yep. are, which, oh God, which sort of <laughs> sit to one of these things. One, one was a quote from the Minister of Roads, uh, Luke Donnellan, here in Victoria, and his comment was that the, uh, the government work, it was working to, defi- to define the city's strategic cycling corridors in an effort to provide safer routes. That mm. is sometimes known as we will tell the bike riders where they're going to ride. Well, that's the thing. It doesn't work then, no, does it? Doesn't. And, and then everyone goes, oh, my God, we spent millions on that and they don't use and it. they don't use it because we didn't <laughs> ask them which way they wanted to go. No. We just said, you will go this way. No. The other interesting quickly thing that come out of this is, if anybody's noticed, there have then been a few letters to the editor of The Age coming backwards. The first one was in about Wednesday, I think, because this campaign's been running for a couple of weeks. And the letter was actually blaming the bike rider for not having sufficient braking powder, power, sorry, um, that it was somehow mm. the rider's fault for driving right into the, to the open door because they didn't have any brakes. Another suggestion was that it was the bike rider's fault because they were wearing dark clothing, which I found uh, quite funny. Um, and what was the other one? There was another one that was... Um, Oh, I've lost it now. The bike rider's fault because they were riding a bike? Well, that's obviously <laughs> part of it, you know. Um, I'm just... Uh, just so we all refresh our minds on this, it is an offence to cause a hazard to a person or a vehicle by opening a car door, leaving a door of a vehicle open or getting off or out of a vehicle. That's the rule. It says nothing about failure to look or do anything like that. It's actually the responsibility is on the person inside the car or, in a lot of matters, the passenger on the car door not to open a door and cause a hazard. That's it. It doesn't say anything about the reaction of the poor person driving the car, driving the bike, (laughs) riding the bike. Get it right, Val. Oh, well, let's move on now um, to a break. And uh, after that, we'll come back and talk about bells. God, it goes. Estás sintonizando 3CR, 855 de tu dial AM. Sedoye Moro as Radio 3CR, 855 AM, Mishanavit. Kính thưa quý vị, đây là đài phát thanh 3CR, trên lần sóng AM 855. Kính mời quý vị đón nghe 
وتهي واحد نقدي سنة سنة وراديها جاليدها ار موجودة سدت بقول كونتنشن ام each week 3CR broadcasts over 130 programs in 25 languages supporting communities and viewpoints that you just don't hear about anywhere else subscribe to your award-winning multilingual community radio station 3CR and help keep these voices on the airwaves call the station on 94198377 the number is again 94198377 And you're back listening to the Arabug Radio Show here on 3CR. I've just had a little moment there, but anyway, that's a little bit of dead air. As we're getting on to regulations, and we all know that we should obey the black letter of the law, it is a legal requirement that you have a warning device affixed to your bicycle. I can't remember what the fine is, but no doubt it's very steep, as it should be. And what's your uh, warning device of choice, Val? Personally, (laughs) I think I can scream a lot louder and a lot (laughs) quicker than I can ring any bell, but let's move on from that. Now, you're going to the bike shop to purchase a a new bell. What are the parameters? Faith, what do you look for in a bell? Um, Something uh, with a nice tone. Nice tone? Mm Mm-hmm. Bit dead. Yeah. Bit flat. A bit flat. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't inspire me. Doesn't scare anybody in front of you. I, I doubt you'd even notice it. Especially if you had a hearing aid on. Nobody would hear or it. Or your earphones. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to relate an incident in a minute, but I'm, I shouldn't. That's more like it. <clears throat> that is more like it. That's for the step through, though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Colour of step through doesn't matter. No. Basket no. on the front. Do you ring it twice or just the once? Just the once. I like those ones where when you ring it, the, it lingers. Ah. <laughs> now. Yes. That's more like it. Now it's still going. It's still lingering there. You've already passed the poor pedestrian. You went past it 35 kilometres And they're thinking, out. gosh, what a lovely bell. What a lovely bell. No one gets annoyed at you when you ring that bell. No, they, they like don't, you. They don't think you're saying, get out of my way. They think you're saying, hello, what a lovely day. It's got a note of spring about it, it too, does. hasn't it? Now, An uplift. It, uplift. There we go. <laughs> uplift. A rising, a rising tone. Interesting. Those first two bells were played on an alloy bell. The last one is played on a brass bell. Oh, so the difference comes, the t- difference in tones in a lot of bells comes from a couple of things. How do I isolate the bell? And then what the bell is made of. Let me just show you the difference again. Same bell made by the same company. Alloy. Brass. Still going. <laughs> Help me here, Faith. <laughs> Faith, what sort of bell do you have on the bike? Um, on my uh, best bike, I have uh, the brass bell. And uh, on my road bike, I have one of those little spur cycles, uh, ah. which is sort of similar, but 
Rodia. A rodia. <laughs> I think the late Robert Hughes would describe the spur cycle bell as the apotheosis of <laughs> the bicycle bell, in that it has probably reached a stage of perfection mm. that will not go very further on. I'm not sure if anybody out there and um, has listening has seen the spur cycle bell. A wonderfully designed bell, I think originally from a Kickstarter program. Yep, yep. Um, that is tiny, be the circumference smaller than a 20 cent piece, probably only about 15, uh, oh no, I'd say about 20 mils tall. Lovely little dome built with its own isolator from the bike so you don't get any of that distortion of um, the handlebar soaking yep. up the lovely tones. And. If you love the bell so much, you don't have to ask how much it costs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no. Well, it's, it's all relative to that. The road bike is probably going to cost a bit more anyway. So, and than, you yeah. should have a bell that at least costs you five percent. There's got to be the ratio. Yeah, five percent yeah. of the bike you need to spend on the quality <laughs> on the quality bell. Of course, the bells of days of old are still around. Oh, there's somebody at the front door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, you do have a bell on your bike. Be careful how you use it. Don't be rude. Don't come up behind an 80-year-old pensioner on a shared path and start ringing your bell and demand they get out of the way like I saw a woman do on Saturday morning. Use it sparingly. Enjoy the tone. Let's move on to the events. <laughs> And there's quite a bit coming up in Melbourne, as uh, always happens when spring starts to take off. Um, one uh, of the highlights will be the Speedwagen Fit Tour. Ooh. So uh, Vanilla Bicycles from Portland, Oregon are coming down to Sydney and Melbourne. They've probably just uh, arrived in Sydney to do a fit tour for the Speedwagon range. So Speedwagon is, uh, if you're not going to go the whole custom-built bike, uh, you buy a Speedwagon, which is not custom-built but custom-fitted. <laughs> and Sasha White will be coming down to setting up shop at Shifter Bikes. Yep. Uh, and you can book in there to uh, um, between September the 1st and September the 6th. For a fitting for one of the beautiful bikes and uh, you can find out the details for where to book in. If you Google SV Fit Tour, you'll find uh, that or you can go to the Treadley website and you'll also find a link from there. And vanilla bikes, steel, and I presume it's a sort of custom fit if you need a 56 top tube. There'll be a range of different ones with... And... and yeah, and going into a lot of uh, details about placement of your hands and yeah. the way you sit on the bike, obviously. Um, there will also be a few social events and rides arranged throughout that week, so keep an ear out for all that. There we go. And if you're um, not sure what vanilla bikes um, look like, there's, um, I presume on the web there'll be some great photos, yep. but in... Um uh, what was that nice book we interviewed, David and Christine? There are th- three or four pages on vanilla bikes in yeah. that with some glorious uh, yeah. photos. I think if you Google Vanilla Workshop Portland, Oregon, you'll find them. Yeah. yeah. Great colours they do too. Yes, and, and a unicorn. You're yes. riding a unicorn when you're riding. 
Speedwagon. <laughs> Thank God the Chinese don't want unicorn horns for aphrodisiacs. <laughs> there wouldn't be any left. And also coming up, um, if you went to the Cross Nationals recently, you would have seen the Bike Buller Pump Track. It's coming back down to Melbourne for three Wednesdays over the next few months. That's uh, in September, October and November, uh, the 23rd of September, 14th of October and the 18th of November. And it's going to be set up at Essendon Fields. So uh, there'll also be lots of fun arranged around those evenings too. So get out there with your uh, your BMX, your mountain bike, your cross bike, your fixie, it could be anything, and um, have a go on the Mount Buller pump track. There we go. Now, this coming up this Saturday, which is the 29th of August, there's a Magical Treasures, Baubles and Bargains, which is a tour of op shops. Um, starting down at uh, the Prince, way too small for me. Um, you'll find this on bikefun.org. I think it's the Eco Centre in St Kilda. There we go. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that's on this Saturday, and it's uh, what's an early start? Nine fifteen a.m. Big day shopping, and it's mostly on bike paths and yep. bike lanes. And so. it's op shop, so it's recycle, reuse. Yep. And uh, it's a little way off yet, but I thought I'd mention it since it's a sort of event you might have to get organised for. But uh, we had the guys in from Bright last year talking about the Bright 24-hour. That's going to be on again this year, the 14th and 15th of November. Up at Bright, uh, at the Footy Oval, there's camping options if uh, you want to stay there down by the river. There's also, you know, all sorts of accommodation, caravan parks and luxury accommodation there's a 24-hour endurance racing or there's the family-friendly, friend-friendly Corps d'Esprit, Esprit de Corps <laughs> version where you get to uh, build up your 24 hours together having a bit of fun out uh, in the bush. So uh, take a look at that at bright24hour.com.au. And, and that was, uh, a, was a wild hit last year too. It was yeah. such a, an awesome day and uh, very popular. So, yeah, get some friends organised. Um, and, you, yeah, you can find the details at bright24hour.com.au. And not a better time to see that country up there than that time of the year. Stunning time of year, yeah. So that's all we have time for this week. If um, you've enjoyed the show, please keep in mind that 3CR and the Yarrabug Radio Show rely on volunteers to get this program to air and we rely on the kindness of our listeners so you can make a donation or subscribe to the station at 3cr.org.au and that will enable everyone to stay on air. And... Just as a personal matter, it'll enable this show to actually reach its radiothon target. Yeah. So if you're listening, you're squirrelling away listening to this on podcast and you haven't made a donation, shame on you. Make sure you do something about it. And coming up next is Dirt Radio. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.